Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority. I'm Art Regner. This is episode 181. And as always, the Red and White Authority is presented by Labatt Blue. It is the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings. And whether it's winter, spring, summer, or fall, what better way to cap off your hard-earned day of work than with an ice-cold, frothy Labatt Blue. But we do ask that you drink our premium beer responsibly. With that said, no stranger to this podcast. I call him a friend. I know I've crossed the line with this guy. Everybody who knows me knows that I am a huge Michael Rasmussen fan. And once again, the man that I affectionately call Plum joins us on the podcast. Michael, how are you? Good, Art. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you for doing that. You know, as always, whenever you come on, your enthusiasm to be on is, overwhelms me at times, Michael. <laughs> of course, that's, that sounds like me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you, you know, with, with without question. Now, there's a couple of things that, you know, that I'm obligated to ask you before we really begin and ask you about hockey stuff, and that is you're still claiming you're only 6'6", right? Yeah, I think so. I haven't measured uh, recently. I you you just look bigger. Are you? Maybe it's because you filled out since I saw you when you were uh, a raw kid in uh, in Chicago when you were drafted. You just look. You, how much how much weight have you put on then since since that time in Chicago since your draft day? Uh, not too much weight, uh, as far as I'm concerned. I don't actually remember how much I weighed uh, a few years ago there, but not too much. I think maybe just. Uh, Maybe just filled out, not not too much weight exactly, but maybe just filled out and uh, gained a little bit of muscle or something like that. Yeah, I guess I, I guess it must be all the plums that you eat then. That must. Uh, yeah, that's right. That must be it. And you know, uh, Andrew Kristoff, who I know you know, we, he affectionately wants to be known as Boss Man, uh, uh, has uh, based on both of your mutual admiration and love for plums, he has planted a plum tree at his home here in Metro Detroit. And he said, as soon as it, uh, uh, as soon as he harvests his first bushel of plums, it's going to you. So I know that's something that you're going to be looking forward to when you return to Detroit. Perfect. I'll uh, I'll take them. Oh yeah, sure you will. All right. Well, okay. Let's. Uh, uh, enough of that. And one more question. And this was what people were stunned that I didn't ask you. Um, when we had our last Zoom call, when I was caught in a rainstorm at Comerica Park. And you did your 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 final zoom for the season before you left. Um, you had considerably cleaned up. Your hair was cut. You were well, I don't know, coughed or whatever, coiffed or whatever that word is. And you know, you were clean shaven practically, and you look like uh, you know, you look like a, a very clean cut citizen, as opposed to the Michael Rasmussen we saw during the season with the hair flowing, the beard going, and all that. Did your parents demand before you got back to B BC that you had to clean your act up? Um, well, first of all, I'm uh, surprised you didn't notice or say anything, Art. I, you but, know, uh, I, I, you know, it was it was raining so hard at Comerica that day. I, I, and the Tigers did not play the Pirates that day. By the way, it was rained out, but I was so. Because you couldn't hear me in the beginning, and I kept breaking up. That's why I didn't ask you. But I'm honest to God, Michael. I can't tell you how many people ask me about that. So why didn't you ask Rask yeah. about his appearance? So what happened? Yeah, my my, my mom always uh, always likes me to be uh, cleaner, shaved, and uh, likes my short hair. So 
Uh, actually, I thought I'd surprise her and uh, cut my hair and show up at home. So it was a pleasant surprise for her. She was happy to to see her boy, uh, you know, clean shaven and whatnot. So, uh, I mean, are are you still clean shaven? Or are you gonna go back to that rugged he-man hockey look? Uh, no, I usually uh, cut my hair after the season and um, make it a little bit shorter and and clean my beard up a little bit. Um, and then just kind of grow my, my hair out again. I, I like having uh, longer hair, so uh, I think I'll just uh, just let it grow and trim my beard here and there, so um, kind of undecided there. Well, you know, okay, you're listed at 6'6", 210 pounds, and, uh, you know, actually, you actually weigh more than me now, which is amazing. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I I, fi- I finally got my act together. Went on a program here, but uh, uh, but 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 with that said, uh, what I'm curious about, and I know, hey, I like long hair too. You know, I'm part of that generation. You know, my high school graduation picture. I got my hair cut for that, and it was down to my uh, still down to my shoulders, uh, and my hair was cut. Uh, so I I understand like, you know, some people just like longer hair and all that, but did you do it because, you know, at six, six, is it kind of an an intimidating force? Not that NHL players are intimidated by one another, but you definitely looked intimidating. If I, if that's the proper word. Uh, not so much. No, uh, just personally, I like having longer hair, like wearing hats and stuff. Um, I like the feeling of it in my helmet. So. Uh, that doesn't uh, that doesn't cross the mind too much, but I guess if uh, I look that way, maybe it's a bit of a bonus. Well, did you uh, was this the first time you could actually grow a full beard? At what what are you like twenty three years old now or something? So, uh, or or have you always been able to to spout facial hair? Yeah, maybe the last couple of years. I think uh, I think like everyone in COVID, um, I just kind of let my beard go, let my hair go. So. Uh, maybe that's um, when I noticed I could grow a decent beard. All right. Well, good. All right. Now I'm not going to enough of those questions. I mean, you know, I, I feel obligated. I have to ask you those and now we can move on about, uh, about really important stuff. And let's talk about this last season. Um, you know, 80 games played 27 points, 15 goals, a couple of power play points, two game-winning goals for the Red Wings. But the most impressive thing is seven goals in your final 16 games. It got to a point watching Red Wings towards the end of the season where you were certainly one of their best players, one of their most consistent players. Now that you've had a little bit of time to reflect upon that, um, did it just kick in for you? I know that you can never be, as a professional athlete, overconfident or fig- think that you have it all figured out, but did it start to come easier for you? The old term that athletes use a lot is the game started to slow down for you. Were you in that mindset in those final 16 games? Uh, maybe a little bit, yeah. Um, reflecting on it and stuff, Um it wasn't too much that I changed or did different. I think uh, there's just kind of a, a clicking point, I guess, uh, that you get to and, um, like you said, kind of figure some stuff out. So um, I think that uh, that kind of just helped me and um, try to play the same way every night, try to play hard, play the right way. So, um, yeah, I think it was just kind of a combination of all those things. And, um, yeah. If you can pinpoint it, what – was it a, a comfort level or where you 
figured how the game is played at this level. Even though some nights you might be more consistent than others, there. But you know what you need to do now to be successful. I think so. Yeah, I think uh, just consistency is the biggest thing. I think um, there's not many players that can really contribute every single night on the score sheet. So. I think uh, if you can do a lot of little things in the game and help your team and uh, play hard and be hard to play against, I think uh, you'll have success, whether it's, um, you know, on the score sheet or just, uh, like I said, helping your team in, in small areas of the game. What, uh, uh, I, I know you, you know, there were several like different line combinations and things that you played on, but, it, you know, you seem to play a lot with uh, with Adam Ernie and, and Sam Gagne and, uh, you know, although you played with everybody, I know Valeno, I mean, you were moved up and down that lineup. Uh, how did that help in your development to maybe have a consistent lineman? I think, and I'm going off the top of my mind, which is always dangerous, but I think you played with Anna Murray quite a bit last season. Did, how did that pairing go for you? Yeah, it was good. Uh, he kind of plays, uh, a similar way um, to me, he plays hard every night. Uh, you know, he's good on the forward check. He's good at retrieving pucks. Um, you know, he's fast. So um, I really like playing with Ern. Uh, I played with Gags a little bit, like playing with him. He's a real smart player. Uh, you mentioned Joe. I like playing with Joe too. Uh, he's a good, uh, a good puck carrier and uh, makes good plays. So anyone really that, uh, that I'm put with, I just try to uh, do my job and help them out and uh, they do the same for me. When you, when you, you know, do you talk much on the bench when you get back about a certain shift? Is there a lot of chatter or do you guys have more of a, once you play with somebody for a while, it is almost left unsaid. You know what each of you are going to do or where you should be. Yeah, I think uh, communication is important. I think uh, whoever uh, we're playing with, I think we just come back to the bench after, um, you know, a shift or two and, um, can kind of say to each other um, different things about uh, what we see or, or what uh, we want the other guy to do or, um, or whatnot. So I think, uh, yeah, there's lots of conversation on the bench and um, sometimes there isn't. Sometimes we just kind of know uh, what we need to do and uh, what we need to do to have a good shift. So uh, it's kind of, uh, kind of both ways there. What, what, what's it like in between periods? Now, the way the room is set up, usually – you're pretty close to your line mates if you're not sitting in them right next to them in the in the room in the locker room. But I mean, is there much talk, or is that more a, a time just to like you know take a load off, so to speak, and you know rehydrate yourself and maybe change your jersey or whatever needs to be done? Whereas there isn't a lot of communication. Maybe the coach or somebody might say something where it's more of a, a of a quiet time. What goes on in between periods? Uh, kind of both those things too. I think uh, if you need to kind of debrief on something and, and talk about something, uh, you know, you'll talk to your line mates or your teammates um, in, the, in that sense. Uh, but then also it's just time to kind of just get your breath and, like you said, rehydrate and uh, listen to the coach, whatever he has to say. So, um, yeah, both of those things as well for sure. Now, is, is this where uh, the Michael Rasmussen that we don't see, is this where you stand up and address the team with those impassioned speeches uh, and get the boys fired up? Not so much, no. Not, uh, not too much. But if, uh, if I have something to say to, to someone, uh, whether it's uh, you know a good job or 
um, you know, kind of just what I see uh, during a shift or during a game. Um, you know, I'll chat to them about it. And uh, I think our team and our locker room is pretty good at that, uh, doing that with each other. So um, everyone collectively puts in a good effort to, um, you know, make sure that we're uh, covering all the bases kind of and, um, you know, doing, uh, doing what we need to do. You know, I, I know that you have to kind of grow into roles. You know, I understand that. But are you more comfortable now saying something? I mean, if you need to speak up. I mean, before, you know, when you were, you know, still kind of finding your way, uh, were you less inclined to speak up? And now are you more comfortable to, uh, not that you're sitting there like reading the riot act. I know you're, you're not that kind of person at all. But uh, uh, do, do you feel comfortable and compelled that if something needs to be said, you're more than willing to say it? Yeah, I think uh, anytime you get experience and uh, more time uh, in the league and uh, just gain that experience, I think you're more comfortable. So I just try to encourage uh, encourage my teammates best I can, um, you know, whether it's just, uh, you know, saying a good job or, um, you know, going over to a guy and um, telling him what I see or whatnot. So, uh, like I said, I think everyone does a good job at that, and uh, I think it's important. Have you, have you, has a teammate ever come back to you and said, Rask, just get out of my face? Or, I mean, is it, are, are they more than willing to it, it, it listen to what you have to say? Yeah, not so much, no. I think everyone's open to listening to their teammates and um, hearing what they have to say. So, um, yeah, we got a tight group. So, it's uh, it's good in the locker room there. And uh, we all just try to support each other and, and uh, encourage each other best uh, best we can. Uh, you know, I, I asked you this uh, question uh, uh, in, in your uh, end-of-season Zoom co- call that you had with all of us. And, uh, you know, it, as I was neglecting to ask you about your cleaned-up appearance, uh, which I keep hearing about, as I said earlier. But um, what I'm curious about is growing into your body and, and that you have – do you feel that – that you're at a point now where mind and body are, are finally in sync because anybody who has grown up and we all have, there's just certain stages where one seems to be ahead of the other. Yeah. Um, maybe a little bit. I'm not like conscious of it or, uh, haven't really noticed it, but I guess it's just uh, part of growing up, uh, for everyone. So, um, maybe that's, uh, that's kind of the uh, that's kind of clicking a little bit. I'm not really sure to be honest. I uh, I couldn't tell you. You know, I uh, but you do know that when when you're parked, you're like an immovable object. You don't have to even fight or anything. People just I think once they get a look at you and they figure, my God, this guy's pretty big. You know, I mean, have you learned how to use your size to your advantage? Uh, I think so. I think uh, that just comes with experience too, and. Um, you know, putting time in, in the gym to get stronger. And I think I can really improve in that uh, area. Even if I'm, if I'm decent at it now, I think uh, it's a really important, important part of the game. And um, I think it's something that I can, uh, I can be good at. So just got to keep working and keep getting better at that uh, among other things. When I was preparing for the 2017 draft, which was in Chicago, which I was at, and I actually have pictures of you, uh, uh, sitting at the uh, that media table where they usher you guys in as soon as you get drafted, <laughs> that, that that I took for DetroitRedWings.com. Uh, man, you were a lot younger back then, Michael. But uh, my, my point being is, is I remember talking to Craig Button about you. 
And he said that Michael Rasmussen is going to make a career out of standing in front of the net. And you know I'm going with the old hand-eye coordination, uh, which I'm obsessed with with you because I think it's absolutely astounding how coordinated you are. But the one thing that he said that he thinks that maybe the opposition forgets is, is your reach, is that your reach is so extraordinary and that you're able to get to pucks that maybe a goaltender or a defenseman may not realize you're going to be able to get to. Has your reach been a huge advantage for you at the NHL? I think so, yeah. I think uh, anytime you can get to a puck uh, before anyone else, I think it's uh, it's important, whether it's uh, with your reach and your arms or, or just with your legs. So uh, I think uh, that's an important part of the game. And um, I think it's something that uh, is kind of overlooked sometimes um, as far as uh, getting to a puck first or maybe getting to a rebound. So uh, I think as long as I can uh, keep getting better at that and uh, keep working at that and, um, you know, make that a big part of my game, I think uh, I'll have success in that area. Well, you know, you, you're one of those players that it's always – I always know when, you, you know, when, when a player is on his game or something, when you make a play, whether it results in a goal or, you know, a player takes a penalty, I can't tell you how many times the opposition it pulls one of those, they look up to the heavens and kind of shake their head. Like, oh, man, I, what a play, or I, I should have saw that. But that's the advantage, I think, that you, being the size you are and the reach that you have – uh, is is something that, you know, as you said, with experience, I think will only get better and better. But the hand-eye coordination, that's something that you've had, I, I would imagine, from the first time you put on skates. I mean, people would probably look at you, I would assume that you had a gangly phase in your life where you were, you know, all arms and all legs, yet you were still very coordinated on the ice. Has that always been the case? I think so. Yeah, I think uh, I played a lot of sports growing up, so I've always been uh, been pretty coordinated and um, and all that. So uh, I think that's uh, that's an important part of the game. And um, I think a lot of the goals are scored uh, right in front there from point shots or uh, rebounds or whatnot. So um, yeah, I think it's something that I just uh, try to work on and try to be good at. When you what is the key to tipping in a puck? First, you have to be fearless because these guys are firing little missiles at you. But is it, it that hand-eye coordination? Is it is it so much you know positioning? Is it the tip? Is it vision? You've got to really be tuned in, regardless if somebody's beating on you trying to get you out in front of that net. That you just have to be focused on where that shooter is and where that puck is going. Yeah, I think it's kind of all of the above. I think uh, a lot of it's timing. Uh, you don't want to arrive too early at the net front um, and then kind of get pushed out or, or get boxed out. So I think uh, part of it's timing and uh, part of it's just a good point shot, um, a typical puck. So uh, I think uh, it kind of uh, it's kind of a bunch of things uh, that go into that. And um, Yeah. I know it's your job, and I know that you you know standing in front of the net, and you know you're obviously very very good at it. But like if a guy like Martin Furk is firing the puck from the point, you know good old Marty Furk who you know broke more, uh, you know more panes of uh, uh, of glass at arena than maybe anybody in NHL history. I mean, are you are you conscious of like oh my God this thing is going to be a God only knows where it's going to go. I mean do you 
do you allow yourself to think that on occasion of who's firing the puck? You know, that, oh, God, this is a guy that's, he's got a great shot, but it's totally inaccurate, and it's going to come at me at over 100 miles an hour. Yeah, uh, Ferky's got a great shot, but uh, not so much. No, you kind of just, like you said, it's your job. So you kind of just either try to get a stick on it or uh, even sometimes more importantly, just take the goalie's eyes away. So um, I think uh, that's more of the mindset. I think as soon as you start to think that uh, you're going to take one uh, up high or in the ankle or something, I think uh, you won't be as successful uh, standing in front there and uh, doing your job. So uh, if it hits you, it is what it is. But uh, that's just kind of kind of the job. You know, taking the vision away from a goalie, it seems to me, and and I don't know, there there seemed to be a time where goaltenders were much more, I don't know, cantankerous in front of their net, where they would be whacking and hacking and, you know, pushing and, you know, scream. You know, when the whistle would blow, they would scream at somebody who was trying to block them, uh, you know, block their vision. Um, but it almost seems to be an acceptable practice now. I don't see, unless it's a hidden part of the game where they're constantly swearing at you or something, where a goaltender almost has surrendered out right outside that crease where they know a big body is going to be planted at them. Has that changed over the years? Has that evolved, or am I just you know making something up here? Uh, I think maybe a little. I think uh, watching old uh, old highlights and, and whatnot, like you said, of goalies hacking and whacking, yeah, I think uh, – I haven't really experienced that too much. I think they got a lot of help uh, right in front of them with uh, defensemen uh, trying to push you out and, um, you know, giving you cross checks or whatnot. So uh, they got a lot of help in front of them. I think uh, maybe maybe that's uh, changed a little bit. You know, Michael, when you were drafted, um, I know that you could have uh... – uh, gone back to another year in junior hockey. And I know that it was debated within the Red Wing organization about, uh, you know, w- what would be best for RAS. But there was a, a strong push by some within the Red Wings that said, you know, he couldn't learn anything else. He can't develop. And nothing against the Tri-City Americans. But he can't, the Western League, he's done pretty much what he's going to do there. We should keep him in Detroit. Now, obviously, you wanted to stay here were you aware that there was talk about would you stick with the wings or would you go to uh or would you go back to tri-city where did that play on your mind and did that have an effect on you in uh um in 18 and 19 although you did play 62 games for the red wings uh not so much no i think uh, i just try to be present wherever i am and uh do the best i can so um, that's pretty much just what I did. Just tried to come to work every day and um, and do my job and whatnot. So uh, that kind of stuff wasn't uh, wasn't on my mind too much. Well, you know, I mean, you have 62 games, eight goals, 10 assists, 18 points. Uh, you know, you 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 obviously have always shown flashes, but then after that, it was uh, you know you were in GR for a while or Grand Rapids, played with the Griffins. Uh, then uh, during COVID, you went to, to, to Austria and, and played there and, and did very well. And we actually did a, a whole podcast about your uh, uh, Austrian adventures. Uh, um, can you take me back to what was that process like? You know, you're a Red Wing, then you're in Grand Rapids. And I know COVID affected all of us. So, you know, the whole Austria thing was probably 
almost one of the only places you could actually play at that point. And then, uh, you know, and then coming back and really solidifying your, you know, being a Red Wing. Was that uh, uh, a difficult journey? Do you look back on it? Was it really kind of a really good proving ground for you that, you know, you needed that time, not only in Detroit as a very, very young player, but to go to GR, get that whole AHL experience you know, go to Europe, see how they play, and then come back because it looked like once you came back and once the season actually began that you were in, uh, uh, you know, you were pretty lock and loaded from the beginning this year. Yeah, I think uh, I think all those experiences have kind of uh, made me kind of who I am today and, and uh, how I um, operate and how I work and stuff. So um, I, think, uh, I think it's important for any player to – uh, really know what it takes to to actually earn a job and uh, you know earn uh, earn the right to play uh, in the NHL and uh, for a team like the Red Wings. So I think uh, going down to GR was was really good for me. Um, they have a great program down there and a, a great uh, coaching staff and uh, developmental program. So uh, I think that was really important for me. I think I learned a lot. I think I got better, and uh, I think uh, it's made me a better player. So. Uh, I'm grateful for that experience, and and Austria was uh, was good too. Since uh, the season got cut short the the year prior, so uh, I think all those things have uh, have really helped me, and uh, I don't think I'd do anything different. When you look at you never you never sulked, or you know, you were you you know you never moped. You you always remain positive. You always remain focused, which is really a uh, a great trait of yours. I mean, you're very. Uh, you know, I used to joke, and you know, I know you've heard me say this. When you were 19, I said you're the most serious 19-year-old in the entire world. I mean, you have an ability to filter and put the blinders on. But how difficult is that when you are in Detroit for the 18-19 season? You play 62 games, and you you go to GR. Nothing against Grand Rapids. It's a great city. It's a nice place to play. And you're right. They have an excellent program there. They do a, a wonderful job. I suggest everybody go to Van Andel Arena and, and see a game, especially now with, with all the prospects that Detroit's going to have uh, uh, on, the, uh, on the Griffins roster. But was it difficult for you to maintain your drive and your focus, um, even though I, I am sure that at certain points, disappointment had to creep in? Yeah, not too much. No, uh, it hasn't always been like that. But I think uh, I think it just comes a point where you, you have a choice to uh, to go either which way. And um, I think uh, I love hockey and I love playing hockey. So uh, I think that kind of just took over. And, um, you know, as long as you're enjoying what you're doing and um, you're pa- passionate about it, um, it's, it's easy to put the work in and, and be positive. So uh, a lot of my teammates in Grand Rapids, uh, you know, really helped me. We got a good group there. And uh, all the guys in Detroit are great, so it's uh, it helps a lot when you're surrounded by good people and uh, people that want to see you succeed. So um, I think uh, that was a that was a big uh, a big point for me. And um, you know you can't do can't do it alone. So um, yeah, I think uh, everyone just just uh, helped me. Like I try to help everyone else, and um, yeah, I just tried to stay positive and put my head down, work hard at the rink, and um, you know go from there. You know, it, it, it's interesting because I think re- regardless, and I, I don't care what walk of life you choose or what path you choose to go down, is that at at the you know the old hockey expression that I hear all the time. At the end of the day, it is 
up to you though, right? I mean, you can have, you know, your, your terrific parents or your sisters or your other family members, you know, being positive and, and, and pumping you up and your teammates and all that. But it really comes down to Michael Rasmussen looking at himself in the mirror and saying, this is what I need to do. And this is what I'm going to do. And you definitely have always kind of had that drive and determination. Am I overstating it or am I correct? I mean, you know, you've put yourself in this position. I mean, you've had help along the way, certainly, in support staff, but it's it's all about what you decide that you're going to do. Yeah, uh, I think, yeah, it is, uh, at the end of the day, uh, up to you because you're the one uh, living it and doing it. So um, I think... Uh, I think if I didn't have uh, the supports, the support that I, that I do, I think it'd be a little bit harder, but um, you know, I got good support and good people around me. So uh, that definitely makes it easier. And, um, and yeah, it obviously comes down to you, but uh, those people help a lot. When you, uh, when you look at it now, I know one person that was always in your camp and uh, your former coach, Jeff Blaschel, uh, that, um, can you talk about your relationship with him and how important was he to get to where you're at today? Because he was very, um, you know, if you needed a kick in the pants or something, I'm sure he gave it to you. But I mean, he seemed to be very uh, understanding what you were going through. Maybe it was because he coached a lot of young hockey players uh, during his career, but he seemed to be uh uh, I, I, mentor is probably way too strong a word, but definitely somebody that did you feel comfortable knowing that Blash usually had your back? Yeah, he did for sure. Uh, he did, but at the same time, he he was real hard on me, and and uh, I think uh, more than anyone, he was the one that um, you know taught me that uh, I need to earn this every day and I need to earn a job every day. So um, I think uh, that's the biggest thing I'll, I'll take from Blash and. Uh, take throughout the rest of my career probably and and my life just uh, if you want to be a good player or good at anything really you need to earn it and um, earn it every day so um, that's probably the biggest thing I can I can say to Bosch um, nothing was handed to me and uh, you know he made me uh, um, aware I guess of uh, of what I needed to do and um, and would have my back for sure uh, but at the same time like you said give me a give me a kick in the pants uh, when I needed it you know, how about going from center to wing? And I know, you know, you want to play, so you're going to play anywhere. Hell, if they wanted to put you in net or something, you you, you might give it a go. Uh, but, 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 but I'm curious, how difficult is it when I know you want to be a center, and I know that you've been a center most of your, uh, uh, your hockey playing career, but is that a difficult transition? Although it seems almost seamless from center to wing where you're at right now. Yeah. Uh, both positions, uh, I enjoy playing and, um, you know, when you move up and down the lineup for positions, you get to play with different guys. So, uh, I've enjoyed that. And, um, but at the end of the day, it's just wherever, uh, wherever I can help the team and, uh, wherever I can be most effective on, on that night. So, um, yeah, I, I like playing both for sure. What can you explain, maybe in layman's term, what the difference is between being a center at the NHL level and being a winger at the NHL level? Yeah, I think uh, with center, maybe it's a little bit more responsibility because uh, you got to come back and, and be a low player and and help your defenseman out. So uh, I think that's probably the biggest thing uh, I would say. 
uh, and then wing, you can you can maybe uh, time it so you can take off uh, a little early out of your own end and uh, get to a loose puck or chase down a puck or uh, get out get out on the forecheck. So um, yeah, they both have their uh, their different roles and pros and cons and whatnot. So um, it's uh, it's nice to play both and uh, uh, be able to play both, I guess. And your exit meeting, I mean, was there any talk of, do you think that you're going to be almost a hybrid player where you're going to be both a center and a winger for the Red Wings? And obviously, you're going to be on the power play. I think we all know that. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, what were those meetings like? Because, you know, I, I, I would assume in... You know, and maybe you don't feel this way, but 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 there is certainly a feeling among uh, the Red Wing fan base, at least if if I shall speak for all the fans, and I am, uh, that you know that you have arrived, that you're you're definitely on this roster, that Michael Rasmussen is a Detroit Red Wing. Um, so when you sit down, maybe as opposed to other exit meetings that you had, where they say you got to work on this, you got to do this if you want to be a Red Wing, was this one different? Where they said, okay, Michael. You're on our team. Boom! This is what you're going to do for us. Uh, no, it wasn't too much, too different. I think uh, there was a lot of, uh, you know, this is what you did well, but at the same time, this is what you need to do better, and um, you know, uh, to improve that and uh, be a more effective player and keep growing. So, um, and there's never any, uh, there's never any, you're on this team or this is your spot or anything. I think uh, it's always you got to earn it every day. You got to come to camp and earn a job. So. Um, I think, uh, even if it was, if it was that way, I think, uh, my mindset is I got to come in every day and, and earn my job and keep my job. So, um, I think as soon as you get comfortable and, um, you know, content with where you're at, I think, uh, things will start to go downhill for you. So, uh, I think I just, uh, take the positives, take the negatives and come to work, come to camp, uh, earn a job and, um, earn more ice time and earn more situations and, um, you know, earn uh, earn more trust every night. So um, that's just uh, that's just kind of where I'm at. I just uh, I just uh, never get too comfortable and uh, continue to work, kind of thing. You know, the the season ends. You had a uh, you know a, a good season, as I said, 27 points, 15 goals, seven goals in the final 16 games. Uh, you know, you get back to BC. Your mother's all happy. You're all cleaned up. You look like the you know the you know, the Michael of when you were 12 or whatever, uh, and you're, you're feeling great. You know, you take a little bit of a vacation time, R&R. &R. Uh, are, what is your process like now? Are you working out? Are you back on the ice? Are you one of these guys that like to get away from hockey for a little while and then go back at it? Because when you get back at it, I know you're going to go right back at it really hard. Yeah, no, uh, right back at it. Didn't take too much time off, just... Um, you know, it took a little bit of time off to hang with the family and, um, like you said, some R&R, &R, but uh, back to work now, uh, back skating, back working out. So, um, yeah, just back to work. Um, lots of stuff to, uh, to improve at and uh, get stronger at. So, um, you know, it's, it's uh, good and bad in a way that, you know, we had a lot of, uh, a lot of time uh, in the off season. So, like I said, took a little bit of time off, but, um, you know, back to work now and, uh, just focusing on stuff that I need to get better at. When, when I, you know, I'm kind of curious. Do, do the Red Wings give you a workout program or a regiment that they want you to follow, or I? And I'm sure that you have your own, like you know, your own people, your own team, so to speak. But 
Um, is do you coordinate everything you do with with the Red Wings and let them know um, whomever, whether it's you know the training staff, P fans, and or whomever that uh, okay here you know t- you know I on Monday, Wednesday, Friday I just skate, I just skate, you know, and, and, and take faceoffs or whatever. Is it that coordinated? Or are you more open and just do whatever you feel like doing, knowing that whatever you're doing is going to benefit you? Yeah, no, it's all coordinated. We got a uh, we got a great staff uh, in Detroit. We got Rob uh, that puts us through workouts and whatnot. So everything's coordinated with uh, with him. He gives you a program, and um, I, I kind of just follow his program um, until I until I get back to, to Detroit for the summer. So I follow that. But then I got my my team, uh, you know, in BC um that i that i skate with and uh i got another guy that i uh i work out with as well and he kind of collaborates with rob um on different uh different stuff that uh, i need to work on and i should be working on so uh it's a big team effort uh got a good uh got a good support staff here in bc and and uh and rob's great at his job so he's uh he's on top of everything and uh make sure that uh that you're doing all right are you on the ice every day, or are you one of these guys that doesn't like to go on the ice, like every single day? That you know that there's some days where you would rather, you know, uh, you know, take a walk in the uh, the beautiful woods of British Columbia, and you know, on a hiking trail, which is, you know, people who have never done anything like that. That's a pretty good workout in its in its own right. I mean, how how are you with, or, or are you one of these guys that say I got to get on the ice at least six days a week? Not so much, no. At this time of the summer, it's it's uh, probably a couple times a week, but it's just uh, it's just kind of like um, similar to the stuff we do with our skating uh, coaches in Detroit. Um, it's just kind of uh, working on your skating, uh, getting your body moving right again. Um, you know, getting correcting some some injuries or bumps and bruises that you got. So uh, at this point in the summer, it's it's kind of uh, lower key than it will be in the coming months. So. Um, it's uh, kind of a couple days, uh, a couple days a week at this point. You know, I know that you, you you've spent a lot of summers here in Detroit, and you know that there is just seems to be a plethora of uh, NHL players, whether they have state of Michigan or Detroit area ties, that stay here in the summer and kind of all work out together. Do you work out with diff various NHL players from the BC area or the Vancouver area? Uh, is there a little group of you, or are you more uh, like you said? You have your one buddy here that you do it, things with, or is there you know maybe once twice a week you get together with guys that are at your level, shall we say, NHL level, and uh, you know go at it? Yeah, there's uh, similar to Michigan. There's a big uh, hockey hub here, so uh, there's definitely lots of guys to uh, to skate with um, and work out with. So um, at this at this point, uh, I think all the guys that um, would be in my training group are still taking time off, whether they were in the postseason or, um, you know, doing, doing different things with their summer. So, uh, right now it's just me in the gym, uh, with my guy here and, um, and on the ice for this specific, uh, you know, skating stuff that I do is just, uh, it's just a private with, uh, with, uh, the lady that I work with here. So, um, kind of, uh, kind of solo right now, but I think in the next uh, couple of weeks, some guys will come back and, and join us. 
you know, I, I, you know, I was kind of curious. And I, you know, you, if you're uncomfortable, you don't have. I mean, like, are are you like great buddies with like Brock Besser or somebody that we don't know about? You know, that you know somebody that you developed a relationship with that even though when you end up playing uh, uh, his team during the course of the season, you're out there trying to knock the stuffings out of them. But but that you know that you've developed a rapport with it. There's a couple of guys that you know you're like, hey, these are my my friends. These guys are pretty cool. Yeah, there's a few guys uh, in the lower mainland. I mean, a couple guys that I grew up with, and a couple guys that I used to uh, used to work out with. I I skate with here and there. So um, it kind of changes too. Like as you get older, guys are in different places and have different stuff going. So um, yeah, there's definitely a few guys that uh, that are regulars and whatnot. So um, it's always a good group uh, in Vancouver. There's a lot of uh, a lot of ice and um, a lot of different guys uh, spend their off season here. As, as your seasons have progressed and you've gone from, you know, maybe being adolescents to, to teenagers and then, you know, growing up into to young men, how are the, how have those conversations changed? I mean, are you, I mean, because obviously you're in a very small fraternity and these are a couple of fellas or whomever they are that, uh, uh, the, 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 that, that can relate to what you're going through. Is, is it good to have that kind of support staff where, uh, they're not part of your immediate family, shall we say, but people that are experiencing similar things that you're going through. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's always been uh, guys that are a little bit older than me that I've been working out with. So um, kind of listening to what they have to say, uh, even when I wasn't in, in the league or, or playing pro hockey, it was, um, you know, you obviously have the conversations and um, take things from what they say and kind of just learn on your own and uh, and listen. So, um, I kind of just try to listen and, um, you know, uh, listen to their experiences and what they have to say. So, um, yeah, it's always a good group. Yeah, I'm kind of curious, uh, you know, what do you do in your off time? I mean, obviously you're in a, you know, one of the most beautiful parts of the whole world. I mean, anybody who has been out to British Columbia, Vancouver, it's just a, a, a truly a, an extraordinary place. I mean, do uh, are you hunting? Are you fishing? Are you going to BC Lions games now that the CFL is back? I mean, what uh, what what do you do when Michael Rasmussen and and maybe this never happens, isn't serious? What's he doing for fun? Yeah, lots of stuff. Like you said, there's no shortage of uh, of stuff to do in BC. So uh, a lot of nice golf courses uh, near where uh, where I live in Vancouver. So. Uh, get out and play golf. Um, I go to the interior quite a bit up to up to Kelowna to work out and um, get treatment there and whatnot. So uh, get out on the lake and go swimming or go on the boat or um, or just I mean go- golf in Kelowna is uh, incredible. So um, mostly just kind of chill, chill with um, chill with my buddies and um, you know play some golf or um, just kind of relax and enjoy the nice weather and uh, get out on the water. You, you don't go see the BC Lions in the CFL? No, not so much. I don't remember the last time I, uh, I went to a, a Lions game, honestly. Really? So, yeah. uh, you know, and, and, and you mean that in both cities, Vancouver and in Detroit, I would imagine. Do you do you go to the, see the Detroit Lions play? We went once. We went to the uh, home opener um, last year, and that was awesome. Um, but, uh, no, not, not so much uh, a BC Lions. I kind of try to... Um, stay away from uh, going to sports and whatnot uh, in the off season. Kind of just try to be outside and enjoy the uh, enjoy the outdoors and uh, and see the sun. So um, yeah, I've seen uh, seen the Detroit Lions play more than BC 
really, you know, because I am a big CFL fan, believe it or not. I love the Toronto Argonauts. And the reason is, is like when I was growing up, you know, here in Detroit, we always, I've got CBC TV, Channel 9, all the time. And they used to start showing competitive football games the real season, like in July or something. And then the Grey Cup was always around American Thanksgiving and stuff. So I really developed a, uh, I mean, the, the CFL is a great, I think it's a great league. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's wide open. Um, I really like it, but it's really odd because most Canadians I talk to, especially Canadian hockey players, just do not seem to gravitate to the CFL. I mean, and I, I, it's, just, it's just weird, but I would imagine that you always had hockey on your mind as you were growing up. Yeah, uh, I think uh, I always went to, uh, went to Canucks games. Uh, my dad and I used to always go and, and watch them uh, when the Sedins were playing in kind of that, that era, so... Um, yeah, in the summer, it's always just kind of been, uh, been low key. And, uh, like I said, try to get outside and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I haven't been to a game in, uh, in a while. Wow. You know, you were probably even too young in 2002 in that playoff where Vancouver took the first two games here in Detroit. Uh, and then the Red Wings won it in, in, in like what, six games, I guess. But, um, so you had, you were, Geez, you weren't old enough, I guess, probably to go to that playoff series. No, no, I don't. Uh, I don't remember too much of that. Um, I was kind of was my kind of time. I watched them uh, was when they were. I think it was like 2010 ish uh, oh, when they were wow. winning the President's Trophies and uh, went to the finals against Boston. So that was uh, that was the peak of my uh, childhood. Uh, you know, Canucks uh, fanship, I guess. Did you know that right away that this is what you love, this is what you wanted to do, that you wanted to be a professional hockey player? Uh, I think after I started playing hockey for a while, yeah, uh, and going to Canucks games and whatnot for sure. But um, I was kind of just uh, into all my sports, and uh, it was just about fun. There wasn't really like a plan to play hockey or play baseball or uh, play any of these other sports. Just my dad always encouraged me to just have fun and, and work hard. So, um yeah, I think it was just maybe a couple of years after I started playing and uh, really enjoying it. That's that's the biggest thing about uh, about hockey. You just got to enjoy it, and uh, it's a game after all. So, um, yeah. What other sport did you enjoy playing besides hockey? I mean, you know, you could have probably, and you, you, maybe you have no interest in this sport at all, but I think you could have been a great tennis player. Yeah, uh, I played a little bit of tennis, not competitively, just, uh, you know, with my buddies or, or with my dad or whatnot, but um, yeah, I played uh, soccer growing up, played baseball, uh, ran track and field at school. So um, I wasn't, I didn't really have a favorite for a while um, until uh, I started enjoying hockey more. So um, yeah, I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed every sport, whether it's whether it's soccer, or baseball, just kind of the team uh, camaraderie and, and playing uh, playing a game with your friends. Um, so I enjoyed, uh, enjoyed all sports. Wait, wait, looking at it now, what's the timeline from here, Michael? Are, are you coming back to Detroit relatively soon and in starting, or are you more curious at this point? Cause the team is in transition waiting for maybe who the coach is going to be and talking to them and figuring out what, what they may envision for you. No, I'll be uh, I'll be back uh, same time as I always am. Usually uh, late this month or early next month, I'll be back and uh, getting to work there. So uh, I enjoy being in Detroit in the summer. It's a good group, and 
you know, we got a lot accomplished uh, in the time that we're there. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of my plan. It always has been. So um, excited to get back, but at the same time, just always try to take a little bit of time here and unwind and, um, you know, get with my team here and uh, work on some things. And uh, like I said, just uh, spend some family time. When you uh, once you get back to Detroit, you know I I know that that the group of players that you're with, uh, I mean there's a lot of uh, um, hockey players from the metro area, from the Detroit metro area that play much like Vancouver too, uh, that 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 play in the NHL. Uh, Again, do you when you get back to Detroit, is that when it gets not that it isn't real in BC, but you know I'm with my peers now we start to get serious. The training starts to get a little more intense. Guys are more engaged uh, than, let's say, when when you're back home, which is a bit of a comfort zone for you. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think both are comfortable. I think uh, I'm comfortable when I'm getting good work in and I'm getting better and, uh, you know, improving on things. So uh, I think I always have the mindset of, uh, of uh, you know, working hard and uh, whether it's here or Detroit or, or wherever. Uh, I think it's kind of the same. You got to go into the gym with the attitude to get better. So um, it's always nice seeing the guys in, in Detroit and uh, getting to work with them. But uh, it's kind of similar. It's just the same thing. You're doing the same stuff. It's just a different city. You know. You know. You know that that makes a lot of sense actually. And you know, and I'm not surprised you you answered that question uh, this way. But I am kind of curious. Um, there's a lot of coaching openings in the NHL. I know it's not in your hands or your control. I mean, I know you're not going to get off the phone and, you know, call up Steve Eiserman and say, hey, what the hell are you doing with the coach? Uh, but uh, but do you try to follow it? Do you know of names? Are you aware of it? Or do you just not even go down that road? Um, not, not too much. I think uh, you obviously see, um, you know, coaching vacancies or who's out there or whatnot. But um, that's not really – that's not my job. I just try to – um, you know, obviously trust Steve to make a good decision, which, uh, you know, he always does. And uh, whoever the coach is, will be good for us. And, um, you know, just uh, just do my part, which is coming to camp, uh, you know, ready to go and come into camp improved. So uh, that's kind of my, my thoughts. But, um, you know, it's obviously exciting. Have you talked it over with some of your teammates or any of you guys curious? Or, again, uh, that's really something that, that, that everybody knows that, you know, we're not making the decision we're just going to have to obviously live with the decision that's made because this is going to be the gentleman that's coaching us. But with that said, I mean, is there some talk between you guys about what's going on? Not too much, no. I think uh, everyone just got kind of tries to stay in their lane and, um, like I said, do their job. We're here to play and uh, go on the ice and, and perform. So um, not too much. Um, it kind of just whatever happens, happens. And, um, you know, it's our job to, to play well and, and uh, be good players. You know, I, I, I mean, when you, I, I guess what have now at this point, I know you kind of like to get away from the sport for a while. Or you said, you know, you don't really like to go to athletic events during the off season and, you know, keep your mind focused on, you know, your task at hand. Are you watching much hockey? Are you watching these playoffs? Are you amazed that, you know, somehow Tampa seems to be getting it done again in, in Colorado uh, that Colorado Edmonton series, especially that first game, was just like wow! What uh, what a great uh, what a great hockey game if you like offense. But I mean, do you get caught up in the playoffs? Yeah, I watch all the playoff games. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a really enjoyable 
uh, playoffs to watch. And obviously you can take things uh, in each game and um, take how the game's played and learn from it and whatnot. But um, yeah, it's been, it's been a good playoffs and uh, I've always enjoyed watching playoff hockey. I uh, would obviously prefer to, uh, to play, to play in the playoffs and um, you don't have a chance at that, but um, yeah, it's always good to watch and, um, you know, you enjoy watching uh, these good series. It's uh, it's it's really good hockey. So um, I've enjoyed uh, watching. I know you don't have probably a rooting interest, but obviously you play the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're in your same division. Are you surprised at what they're able to do? Considering I think most people thought a three-peat was out of the question. Yet they just know how to win hockey games and get things done at come playoff time. Yeah, I don't think it's too much of a surprise. They're a good team. They got, uh, you know, they got the right players. They got depth. Uh, they got great goaltending. So um, I think, uh, you know, they're just a good team. Um, and, uh, you know, they're they're pretty pretty cool to watch how, how they all work together. And, um, you know, it's obviously cool playing them and, um, you know, seeing uh, seeing how they operate and how they play the game. So, um yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, I, I want to tell all you Ranger fans out there, and I, I and I went to college with a bunch of you uh, that uh, number one, I haven't given up on the Rangers yet. There's a strong University of Michigan connection on that team, and obviously Gerard Gallant, one of the greatest Red Wings of all time, is their coach. But I just can't see Tampa blowing a you know a three games to one lead that they have now. And Michael, my last question, then I then we'll definitely wrap this up. I know you're, you know, you're busy. It's Saturday, and you want to get out and, you know, do something. I'm sure, but uh, you know, probably, you know, help your mom plant a plum tree out in the backyard. But with that all said, um, uh, what makes Vasilevsky so good? I mean, I, you know, I still think he's the best goalie in the world. You know, he's a money goalie. His record, whenever a game is on the line, is astounding. You play against him. Why is he so good? Can you fi- have you figured it out? Yeah, not uh, not the biggest expert on goalies, but he's obviously just a big guy and super athletic. And um, you know, when when you're looking at him in the net, there's not a lot of uh, of net you see uh, behind him. So um, he's just uh, just a world class goalie. And like you said, he's uh, he's clutch at the right times and um, gets the job done. You know, I know you're not much of a trash talker or say much out there, but do you occasionally? try to say something to throw a player off his game, whether it be a goalie or, or, or a skater? Not too much. No, you just got to kind of try to play hard. Uh, you know, when the, when the, you know, game's on and, um, you know, do my part and do my job. So not a whole lot, but it's obviously part of the game and it happens. So, um, you know, maybe here and there. What's the best trash talk line you ever gave? And I, I, I can't wait to hear this if you even have one, Michael, because I just don't see you getting to a point where you're just going to berate somebody. But then again, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, you know, I couldn't even tell you. I got, I got no clue. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of situational too. Um, and, and it's, it happens so fast out there that, uh, sometimes you don't remember what's said or, um, you know, obviously none of it has really much meaning. So, um, I couldn't even tell you. All right. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do, Michael, just for you is that I'm going to get, uh, I'm going to come up, uh, I, I'm probably going to get Andrew involved in this too. We're going to come up with a list of trash talking lines for you and present them to you at training camp and you can do whatever you want with them, all right? Perfect. Sounds good. I'll bank them. Okay, yeah, def- def- definitely you'll bank them. Now, what do you hope, 
you know, you're obviously in a position where you had a, uh, uh, a, a bit of a breakout season. I know that you, your expectations for yourself are much higher than what you accomplished last year. Uh, heading into this season, where's your mindset? What do you want to do? I, I know you want to establish yourself. You have to arrive every day. I know we've talked about that, but you know, I, I'm going to tell you that I'm pretty sure you're on the roster. Uh, and uh, do you look at it, increased power play time? Uh, you know, obviously you want your point total higher. How are you approaching this season? Yeah, I think all the above. I think uh, the biggest thing, I don't think, uh, I don't try to look at situations or I want to, you know, be on this or be on that, but I just want to play uh, the best of my capability and um, and I think if I do that, uh, you know, I'll get, uh, I'll get more minutes or more situations or, uh, you know, more big moments in a game. So I think, uh, it's just kind of a general, um, increased in, uh, you know, an increased role or an increased, uh, you know, whether it's minutes or like I said, anything really, I think, uh, I just want to take a next step and, uh, be a player that's relied on and, and uh, a lot of aspects of the game. So, uh, it's kind of a general, just. Uh, come in and keep building on on every part of the game. I just want to be a uh, uh, you know a complete player that can help the guys and help my team uh, in any way I can. So um, it's just kind of a general um, you know keep getting better and um, increase my role and um, you know do what I can and do my best for the, for my teammates. You know, with that said, how how much of that is also being a good teammate? Where and maybe even some of these fellows you might be competing for ice time with, but where you pull, let's say, a Lucas Raymond or a Jonathan Bergren or, or somebody aside and offer tips to them and talk to them. I, I mean, are you eager? Uh, because, uh, my God, you're, you're, you're definitely not old by any stretch of the imagination. And, you know, you're, uh, you, you know, you're not, uh, you, you're kind of a veteran on this team right now. But do you look forward to seeing, okay, let's see what Simon Edvinson's all about or Elmer Sodabloom or I'm looking forward to working with those guys too. Do you look at it that way? And are you looking forward to camp and, and, and kind of seeing how this team's going to unfold? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I think uh, I think that's a really big part of the game, and I think that's a big part of having a good team and and building a good team is uh, you know camaraderie and support. So uh, I think I, I really try to um, you know help out the the younger guys and um, you know um, talk to them about my experiences and um, you know if they need a, a confidence boost or a pat on the back, um, I really want to be there for my teammates and and I try to be so. Um, I think that's uh, that's something that I really appreciated that uh, guys did for me. Guys like Glennie and Helmer um, really did for me, and um, you know I really uh, I really will take that with me and, and try to help out anyone I can. Well, you know, Michael. I mean, obviously, I was there in Chicago the day the day you were drafted, and uh, you know, talked to you then, and then obviously up at uh, development camp, which was the last time it was in Traverse City. Uh, you know, I've always uh, I've always admired you because of your work ethic. I mean, you're focused. And I, I would always tell people, look, Michael Rasmussen is going to do whatever it takes to be not only a, an NHL level player, uh, but a, 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 an elite level NHL player, or he's going to die trying. That's the expression that I always like to use. And, uh, you know, you're certainly, uh, I'm really happy for you. I'm happy for you. I'm glad to see, you know, everything coming into, uh, uh, coming into focus for you. And I wish you nothing but success and uh, I look forward to uh, you know seeing you up in training camp in Traverse City in September uh, you know who knows maybe uh, uh, if you can recognize me now because I'm I'm not quite as large as I used to be uh, but uh, 
uh, you know, maybe, maybe maybe I'll see you around town. But uh, thanks for joining us on the Red and White Authority. I appreciate it. Give my best to uh, to your family, great people, and uh, uh, look forward to uh, the upcoming season. Thank you, Michael. Awesome, Mark. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate it.